The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing in zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. We made it. Welcome, everybody, to the Wild Card Weekend edition of the Action Network NFL Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon. And me and my co-host, Stucky, will be breaking down each of the games, and we'll do our Sunday six-pack with picks from each game. The Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation stuck. Thought I could make up some ground on you last week. Swept the six-pack, of course. I look up, and you swept the six-pack as well. Uh, good stuff. Still got your weed. How was your week 17? And uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts heading into the wild card round? Yeah, it was a quick, clean sweep. It's been a really good week and month. Um, I'm hoping to have like a losing day in college basketball. Not really, but I wouldn't hate it if I do have one before the weekend because I don't want all of this regression to crash down during the NFL playoffs <laughs> where I'll have more money. We could have swept our totals. You got absolutely f- oh, smashed. Fucked. Yeah, that's uh, nine to for six. For lack of a better word. Nine to six. Going in nine to six going to the fourth, and that game goes over. And then even with my – over uh i i had the the eagles washington over and which looked really good at halftime um i thought it was going to get there that was 17 14 at the half for an over 43 and then the eagles decided to tank they wanted to see i guess if nate sudfeld is their franchise quarterback so in the process they ruined the over in the Giants' season I mean, I got I to gotta get your thoughts on this. Like, before we even get into this, because this is, you know, everyone's talking about it. Like, what did you think of just the Eagles move uh, in general? It was sad to watch, but uh, they're trying to get a better draft pick. And what, what do they really care who goes? And it's like the Giants were 6-10. and 10. I get it that it sucked to watch. but And I get what the Eagles were doing. But the one thing that I hate about it is that pissed me off the most was that the Doug Peterson came out after the game and said he was coaching to win. Like, that's clearly not true. At least if you're going to do that, own it. Own what you did and come out and say, look, we're going to get a better draft pick. This is better for the organization long term. We're going to move up three spots in the draft. But, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I've moved on. We have a, uh awesome wildcard weekend. Two triple headers in a row for the first time ever in NFL playoff history. And uh, if all of the favorites hold, and, look, we, I, we have a lot to talk about. And these games are awesome. Follow the favorite favorites hold like Ravens, Chiefs, Steelers, Bills, Bucks, Packers, Saints, Seahawks next week. I mean, whoo! So we have some good games coming up. I can't. I I, I don't want to spend any more time talking about the NFC East. Although we're gonna have to talk about Washington here in a little bit. I, I just thought it was kind of interesting that you had on the same day you had Justin Jefferson break the the receiving record for rookies and. They, they play Jalen Rager, I think, less than any of the other five receivers that were active did Philadelphia. He gets one catch. And then they, they pull Jalen Hurts, who, I mean, clearly is their future franchise starting quarterback. Like, they can't go back to Wentz. And Sudfeld, we know what he is. Like, that was – I, I agree. It was just own it. 
But uh, I just thought that was kind of ironic that you're trying to move up three spots after you pass on, you just completely blow your first rounder and then kind of back into your luxury second round pick becoming, you know, a potential franchise quarterback and you decide to pull him when honestly you need to give him reps. Like that's the guy you need to. Yeah. Why not get Brad Hortz more reps too? Right. Yeah. uh, I just thought that was ironic, but you're right. We have a great slate. uh, So we won't spend any time, uh, any more time on NFC East Uh, for our contest. We will do two points per pick um, this week and, uh, and going forward. And a couple of reminders before we get into the six pack, Number one, if you plan to bet on the NFL this season and you haven't downloaded the free award-winning Action Network app, what are you doing? It's got betting tools, analysis for myself, Stucky, and the whole Action Network team, and it lets you track every bet that you make. So go download that in your app store, wherever you get your apps on your phone. It's a great app. We put all our picks in there. Check it out. Number two, if you want a chance at a free Vegas vacation, you're too late. Our custom weekly DFS contest, the Action Pods Tournament of Champions, presented by BetMGM, is now in its highly anticipated wildcard weekend grand finale. Big thank you to everyone who participated. Good luck to all of our finalists. And number three, uh, a quick programming note about the podcast. Stuck and I will continue our NFL betting episodes every Thursday until the end of the season, if the world is still in order, of course. We will still have the NFL Fantasy Flex Show with me. Matthew Friedman and Sean Corner, and our PGA Tour betting previews every Tuesday. Plus, you have Matt Moore and Raheem Palmer doing our Wednesday NBA Buffet Show. And of course, Stucky and Colin Wilson's College Football National Championship preview drops this Friday. And if you're getting excited for college basketball, and I know you are stuck, College Hoops episodes resume next Friday, January 15th. We appreciate everyone who's listened to the show this season and to show our appreciation if you go to twitter right now and follow at action podcasts our producer matt mitchell will send three new followers and action network hoodie so you can be entered in that just go follow action podcasts as a thank you three hoodies up for grabs all right let's get into the sunday six-pack of the 2020 season wild card weekend let's do it Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday Six Pack. All right, so as mentioned, we are going to go two points each for each pick here um, with the abbreviated slate. As it turns out, we actually have a pick for each game. Doubt I'm going to catch you. You still have a uh, 49-39 lead. We both clean swept the six pack, so that was good. To see for the listeners, hope you guys enjoyed the final week of the regular season. Let's get into the wild card. And my first pick for the wild card weekend six pack is also the first bet I made, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are currently six point favorites at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the podcast. This game taking place Sunday, eight fifteen Eastern. And the reason I like the Steelers, uh, I like them when I saw the opening line which was around four at most books. I think it got down to three and a half before all the news, which I'll get to. But just before I get into the the COVID situation and Stefanski being out, just a matchup. And and I think I've talked about this um, backing Pittsburgh earlier this year at home against Cleveland, but Pittsburgh just matches up well with Cleveland because Pittsburgh can get pressure on the quarterback. You know, even with some of the defensive injuries, uh, they still finish the year 
number one overall in pressure rate, 32.2%. Uh, that was way ahead of the second best team in terms of generating pressure. The Bucks were at 26.7, just a massive lead. So even when you factor in, uh, you know, some of the injuries and, and how that will affect the, the overall scheme, uh, Pittsburgh still should be able to get some pressure on Baker Mayfield here. You do have some, and then of course you have, uh, you know, Joe Batonio on that COVID list. So you have some, and Harris as well, looks like he's going to miss. So you have some injuries on the offensive line for Cleveland. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 47.7 passer rating under pressure this year, 33rd of 42 qualifiers, according to Pro Football Focus. Baker Mayfield, 43.7% completion rate under pressure this year, 34th of 42 qualifiers, according to PFF. Uh, and then on top of that, you factor in Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, who did a great job this year, admitted, you know, with a relatively easy schedule, Cleveland still finishes with a negative point differential. Uh, but, you know, still 11 wins and negative 11 yeah. overall points. They, they know what they had to do though. Like I'm not, I'm not going to knock Stefanski for that, but that, that, that is another reason why I do like the Pittsburgh Steelers in this spot is because you also have that, you know, kind of hanging over their heads, you know, for as easy of a schedule as Pittsburgh faced uh, Cleveland faced, you know, a pretty shaky schedule themselves. And yet they finished with a negative 11 point differential, despite going 11 and five, uh, Pittsburgh finishes with a plus 104 point differential at 12 and four. And then I just look at how these teams finished out the year and Pittsburgh obviously went through some things, you know, down the stretch and, and their offense finally got exposed as I think we both thought that, that it would, um, you know, and they kind of righted the ship against Indianapolis and then they play very competitively against Cleveland was hoping that they could uh, actually pull off the, the upset there, but, they did cover the, the big spread with Mason Rudolph throws for over 315 yards. But I think the reason you worry about Cleveland, even before the COVID situations, is just how this team finished the year out. You had, you had a spot against Baltimore. You know, you had the great spot against Tennessee where you come up, you know, just blazing in the first half and end up beating them 41-35. But then you give up 47 points to Baltimore uh, in a game that, probably should have won. You only score 20 on the Giants. They only score six. They're playing with Colt McCoy. So, okay, whatever. But then you lose to the Jets, uh, you know, even with no receivers. I mean, you throw the ball 51 times. You still find a way to lose to the Jets uh, by seven points. And then against a Steeler team that, you know, did play some of their guys, but rested a lot of key guys and had some guys out with injury as well. Uh, you know, Joe Hayden, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Cam Hayward, was rested. So just not a full strength Pittsburgh team by any means. Uh, and you escape with a 24 to 22 victory and you get outgained by the Mason Rudolph led Pittsburgh offense, 394 uh, to 358 a week after you get outgained by the jets, 333 to 299. Now say what you want about the, the, the receivers, but Cleveland's still one of the least receiver dependent teams in the league. So um, just, just a concern uh, for me, how they're playing down the stretch. And then, you know, practice is canceled and, 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 you know, just a lot of upheaval going on with this team. And I think for a team that's kind of inexperienced, or not kind of, that is inexperienced in terms of the postseason and, and, you know, a franchise that hasn't made it in a while and a quarterback that's going to make his first postseason start in a, 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 a place that's tough to play, you know, even uh, I think with the, you know, the, the the no fans and all that just a, a really tough spot 
to, to, to go now beat Pittsburgh two weeks in a row without, in, in this case with Pittsburgh playing a lot closer to full strength, struggling down the stretch uh, without your head coach. I just think it's a tough spot for Cleveland who didn't match up well uh, with this team anyway. So give me Pittsburgh at minus six uh, right now as we record at BetMGM. Apologies to your bet, but uh, I, part of me does just want to see Cody Parker. You have to attempt a game-winning field goal uh, <laughs> on the tough end of the field at Hines. Um, I mean, yeah, this is – I was talking with my – when I went to the Browns-Ravens game, by the way, your Baltimore Ravens lead the NFL in point differential. Um, oh. The – when I went up to visit my friends at Cleveland, I told them the two teams you really don't want to face in the AFC – are the teams in your division. Like the, the Browns just don't match up well with the Ravens or Steelers, two teams that get a lot of pressure, and they don't match up with, well with defending Baltimore's offensive attack. This year they would have. They they won a game against. They got blown out by Pittsburgh, and then they won a game when Pittsburgh didn't care. And they've lost 17 straight uh, in Heinz Field before last week, which was a pretty crazy stat. I'm going to disagree with you hesitantly and the reason I say that and look you make a lot of good points QB's making their first postseason start in the NFL since 2002 against quarterbacks who already have postseason start and obviously Ben Roethlisberger has plenty 13 32 and one against the spread the past 18 years and the numbers are very ugly uh from a production standpoint um look I made this line around. I'm just low on the Steelers team, mainly their offense. Their defense is banged up. They still have injuries at linebacker. Teams are able to run on them a little bit more down the stretch than they usually are. So, Petonio does hurt, but maybe the Browns can run it a little bit. I made this line on, I made this line around three and a half. So, it, went, it opened up three and a half, went up to four and a half. And I was like, all right, maybe I could talk myself in the prep. And then, obviously, you have all this news with COVID. And, like, there's lack of practice. There's all of their coaches are out. I don't know how to quantify that, to be honest. So I told myself, if I get like seven or definitely above seven, and I, I, just from looking at the market, I don't think that's necessarily going to come. I'd look at the Browns. I can't trust them under seven. We don't really have many data points with this. I mean, a team doesn't have its – like Stefanski has been amazing for the Browns too. Um, so what does – who's calling plays now? Van Pelt? As of now, it looks like that, but – I mean, I, I'm not even confident in saying, you know, really, you know, with the way it's kind of the, the outbreak has gone and we've seen this with Baltimore early in the year, um, you know, we don't know what could happen for the rest of the week. Now there were no more positives as of today, as of Wednesday, but yeah, it, it would be uh, Van Pelt. But we, the, we did, and yeah, we don't have a large sample. Uh, we have the Lions. The Lions the, were worrisome. Really, yeah, they're, but they're the Lions, but that <laughs> one, and it's one game sample size, but that was awful. Now, this day have a little more time to repair here, but yeah, that's it's definitely a concern. Baker Mayfield's lack of postseason experience is a concern. The Steelers getting pressure. We know Mayfield. Mayfield and Goff are, are simple creatures. You get pressure on them, they fold. If they can work within their system and get their hand held, have a clean pocket, above average NFL quarterbacks in those situations. But the Steelers, as you said, get a ton of pressure. So I, it just seems that everyone has forgotten that the Steelers are kind of a fraud. They've had one good half against the Colts, where, and I was on them. They got a bunch of generous calls. The Colts switched up their defense in the second half. The Steelers had a couple deep shots. But other than that, I mean, what did the Steelers do down the show? I mean, they did nothing. And this offense is still very flawed. Now, the one hope you have, and I've been screaming this, 
The Steelers can't run the ball at all. Can't run it against anybody. And they've been so reliant on these short passes, short pass, and that's just hard to sustain drives doing that. But the most important game of their season against the Colts, they finally started to take shots downfield. So if you're a Steelers fan, if you're a Steelers backer, you would hope that that's what they're going to do more of, get the ball downfield to Chase Claypool and company and take shots because this Browns defense is no good. This secondary can be exploited. So, yeah, I I don't – I make the line three and a half, but – After the COVID? Like, like with – No, not not after the COVID. I just okay. don't I, I know. That, I know that it's all worth a lot. So, I've adjusted to like four and a half, five, up to, I, but it could be seven. It could be eight. So, it's a pure stay away for me. I could talk myself out of the Browns if this line jumped us like seven and a half, just because, I mean, taking a NFL underdog catching more than seven, I will always, almost, almost always look at them unless they have Mitch Bortles as the quarterback, but we'll get that. So, yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with you. Um, I just have trouble quantifying how much all this is worth. I know it's worth something, and it, my gut is telling me it's worth a lot. I will say, and just to close off, I agree that the Steelers have been super fraudulent. Like, I wrote a whole article about it. I was banging this drum when they were undefeated and looking like they were going to cruise to perhaps an undefeated season. But, I mean, the Browns, in week six, the Steelers at home against Cleveland. The Steelers are 5-0. and The Browns are 4-2 and at the time. Steelers closed as three-point favorites at home against Cleveland, and they won 38-7. to Now... That was when the Steelers were healthier. The Browns were banged up, as they will be in this game. Uh, but then you had, last week, the Steelers close nine-and-a-half-point underdogs, I believe it was. Maybe it was ten at some books. But, and then they hang in there, and they come a two-point conversion away from tying the game in regulation. So it just kind of shows you that this is a tough matchup for the Browns, period, like before you factor in everything. So I actually had this at six before the COVID. And I was, I think I was the highest expert on the Steelers at action. And that's with me not really giving much respect to the Steelers. Um, but I, I just think the matchup is, is really tough for, for, for Cleveland here. We win the game with this crew of bodies right here today. Uh, bring your game today. Fair enough. All right. For my first pick of the NFL wildcard six pack, I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams, Seattle Seahawks, under 42.5 at BetMGM. See if you could find a, a 43. If you follow me on the app, I was able to grab it. Played some under first half, too. Um, look, there's there are some unknowns with this game as well. Will it be Jared Goff? I actually think it will be. I can tell you I also played the Rams. If you can get above a field goal, I prefer four or better. I would take a shot in the Rams. Now, it's speculative because I make this line like one-ish if Goff plays and he's fully healthy. My assumption now for Wolford is like four, three and a half to four points. He got a start under his belt. He's a little mobile. He's still an undrafted player that got his first start last week. So it's about four points. So I would make this line closer to like five if he doesn't play. So I'm kind of speculating here that I think Goff will play from things that I've read. Maybe they could get Whitworth back, too. That would be a bump at tackle. Jamal Adams for Seattle, he's questionable. Game-time decision. So there's a lot of a lot of uncertainty here with some key players. But, look, we th- – this is just – I just think this is a dream under matchup. This The Seattle Seahawks have been just an under-dream the last eight weeks of the season. They really should have went under in their last eight games, if not for that – Ridiculous. It was 9-6 going into the fourth quarter. 
I'm going back to the under trade in Seattle. They're they're now starting to just run the ball a lot more. They're not as explosive on offense. Their defense is playing better because it's gotten healthier. I mean, look, they had they only had ten sacks in the first seven games of the year. They had thirty six the final nine. That's the most in the league. The Seahawks. You know, they're they're actually getting a little more pressure. So if it is Goff, they can get to Goff. And only Drew Locke has been worse. Uh, the difference between under pressure and kept clean. Uh, than Jared Goff. But I still think if Goff plays, it's not going to be 100% healthy, or if Wolford plays. Regardless, I think Sean McVay is going heavy run attack here. He's going to lean on his run game because he can lean on his defense. Uh, I think that's – so he's going to go really conservative, I think, on offense, very conservative throws. And the way that you beat really beat the Seattle defense is explosive passes and downfield. That's not going to be – it's not the Rams game anyway, and I don't think it's going to be the Rams game – this weekend on the other side of the field, the Rams defense is just balling out of control. Uh, I mean, Brandon Staley has been amazing. I mean, they're, they're mixing up their zone defenses as well as I've ever seen any team in the NFL do. They also obviously can get pressure, especially at the middle with Aaron Donald. They're first in EPA per pass. They're first in explosive passes, 36 explosive pass rate, rate. 36 passes of 20 plus yards all year allowed 36 Tied with Washington for fewest in the league. First in yards per attempt, the only team allowing under five yards per attempt. First in yards per game. You, know, you have three corners in Williams, Hill, and Ramsey. They all rank in the top 25 per PFF corner grades. The defense is just amazing. They can take away anything Russell Wilson wants to do downfield. They're great against the run. Um, Look, the first – Russell Wilson, I think, had one touchdown and two picks in two games and, like, close to 400 yards total passing. Like, he didn't do much against this defense in both games. Rams could take away everything deep. Um, they're going to play a ton of zone coverages, and it's kind of, And I think Seattle's going to go conservative. The Rams are going to go conservative. I think this is a close, low-scoring game. The total points scored in both their matchups this year, 29 and 39 I make this 40 I think this is like a a 20 to 17 game at most this one could be really ugly obviously you could have some turnovers uh, but Russ doesn't really turn it over in general he's up there in NFL history as far as low interception rate and I think the Rams are just going to run it rely on that defense and uh, I think this is going to be a slugfest so give me the under and uh, as my first pick and I also like the Rams Anything above a field goal, speculating that Goff is going to play. And if he does play, this thing will come down. If he's announced in, this will come down probably below a field goal. Uh, Seattle's O-line, by the way, 30th in adjusted sack rate. Rams second on D. So they're going to get pressure pressure on Russ, and their back end is playing as well as any secondary in the league. Uh, so I don't see Seattle's offense doing much. I don't think the Rams' offense, which is going to go super conservative, is going to be able to exploit the vulnerabilities of the Seattle defense. So give me the under. Would you advise waiting? Since, since right now I think the assumption is Goff is kind of questionable to doubtful. It's at 42 and a half. Do you think it will get to that 43 or even higher um, as the week progresses? Yeah, if he's announced in, then I think that you could see the total tick up, but then you would see the Rams tick down. So I have positions in both. It's just sort of like hedging it away. But I, I still think that if Goff is in, he – he still has a hurt thumb. I still don't think he can do much against the Seattle defense. And they're still going to go super conservative. I still think they're going to go run heavy. 
I think they're going to rely on their defense. So if you wait, you're going to get – you might get a little a tad bet, better number on the under, but you would lose – you would lose your value probably on the Rams, which will come down. And I think that's more important getting over a field goal if he's in. But it's a guessing game. I'm, I'm guessing from things that I've looked into that he's going to play. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I can't argue with you. I mean, I have it projected at 43 right now with kind of a mix of like a 50-50 Goff-Wolford uh, split. But the Seahawks unders are 9-4 and four since the start of October, uh, going under by an average of 2.9 per game. So – um, there's definitely a lot of wiggle room here, and and I agree. I, the Seattle Seahawks on offense, their early down pass rate decreased about six percent uh, over the second half of the season compared to the first half, which is major. You're talking about going from kind of a league average about sixty uh, percent down to you know the low fifties on, on early downs. That's a that's a huge decrease. So um, yeah, I can't argue with that one. And Russell Wilson in the wild card round, just historically, the under is four and one. So uh, that's another <laughs> small sample trend, but working in, working in your favor. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. For the number three pick of the wild card six pack, my second pick overall, I will go with the Chicago Bears, New Orleans Saints under 47 and a half at BetMGM. And the reason I like this under is you look at the Saints and they're a top defense. They finished the year number two in DVOA on defense, they're number two in weighted DVOA. Uh, from week 10 on, they're number one in pass defense DVOA. And you look at the Bears, and I think they're getting some credit from, for what Mitch Trubisky did um, when he took back over. The Bears scored 25, 30, 36, 33, uh, 41, and then 16 uh, to close out the year. Um, they also scored 27 uh, against Detroit on opening day. 30 in Atlanta in a game that he got benched. So they've been pretty a pretty high-scoring team against Trubisky. But you look at who the Bears have played in, in those starts. And four of Mitch Trubisky's starts this year, two against Detroit, one against Houston, one against Jacksonville, uh, they've come against bottom three defenses. So he's got four starts against bottom three defenses in DVOA. They average 33.5 points per game uh, in, those, in those games. And then you look at what they did in some of the – tougher matchup. They faced one team that was above average in defensive DVOA in Mitch Trubisky's starts this year. That was the Atlanta Falcons who uh, finished the year 14th. That was a game Trubisky got benched. They faced uh, the Giants who ranked 19th and they scored only 17 points. And then Minnesota finished 18th on the year, which probably gives them a little too much credit. Um, they were pretty banged up late in the year. Uh, and the Bears did put up 33 on them. But then they face Green Bay, who's 17th, uh, and they score only 16 points. So uh, against kind of average-ish defenses, non-bottom three defenses, you have one game where you get benched. You have another where you score only 16 points. You have another where you score 17 points. 
Uh, and then you have you have one good game, really, uh, and that's where you put up, uh, you know, 33. So I don't trust in this Bears offense to do much uh, against the Saints, who finished number two in, in DVOA. Uh, Trubisky's average depth of target, 7.4, is lower than Nick Foles's, uh, which was 8.0. So you have uh, – that would rank 25th among all teams. And then you have Breeze on the other side. His average depth of target is 6.0. Uh, which would rank 32nd dead last among all teams on the other side. You do have Jalen Johnson uh, practicing for Chicago. He was, he's been out the past few weeks, which has contributed to uh, a fall off of their defense. Um, they could still defend the pass uh, a lot better if he's in there uh, is, along with Fuller. So, um, and we, we kind of saw that, you know, they can, they'll have, they can, they can kind of shut down, um, you know, one receiver with, if, if they have, uh, kind of a not uh, a less than full strength cornerback group. If they have Jalen Johnson back, uh, I think that improves. Now Buster Screen still not practicing in the concussion protocol, um, so that that could play a part. But you have New Orleans, just a lot of moving parts still. Um, Alvin Kamara, you know, the first day he's eligible to come off the the COVID list. You have Michael Thomas, presumably uh, coming back off the injured reserve, but this would be his first game back. Is he fully healthy? Uh, we don't know. Uh, Traquan Smith is still out. Deontay Harris, the return man, still out. So you have, uh, you know, this New Orleans team that throws the ball underneath. Their best players, you know, we don't even know if Kamara, you know, COVID can have some effects. So we don't even know if Kamara is going to be at full strength uh, if he plays. And then you also have, you know, both of these teams are extremely slow paced on offense. The New Orleans Saints rank. 28th in situation neutral pace 31.54 seconds per between plays and then the Chicago Bears rank one spot better at 27 so you have two bottom six teams in situation neutral pace uh you have a Chicago defense that's getting healthier a New Orleans offense that we don't we can't guarantee is at full health and domes in the postseason because I think you know people mostly expect lower scoring games in the postseason which generally is true but in domes, that hasn't necessarily been the case. Uh, we've seen postseason dome overs with a total of uh, above 45 go 29 and 12 since 2003 toward the over. However, in the last three games in the Superdome, after starting 5-0 and toward the over, uh, the Saints have gone 3-0 and toward the under. So you had the Saints-Vikings last season, 26-20. The total was 50. You had Rams-Saints the year before that in the the – the infamous game where they got robbed. The total was 55, 26, 23. So that goes under by six. Uh, and then in that same postseason, the week before, you had a total of 52 for Saints Eagles. And that game was a 20 to 14 game. And, and all those games kind of took place in this modern era of the Saints offense with Breeze, you know, not going downfield as much. Michael Thomas as the main, rece- uh, main receiver, Kamara is the main back. What you didn't have, though, was a Saints defense that was quite this good. Uh, none of those defenses were, you know, top two in the league. So I don't expect the Bears to do much. This is a 10-point spread. Um, I, I don't think they'll do well on offense. And when you have an under, you're looking for – a lot of times what you're looking for is, uh, if you can get it, is just one team to drastically underperform expectations. I think the Bears are at risk of doing that here. So give me under 47.5 for Saints-Bears. Okay. okay. 
As you're, I'm sure, aware, the Bears are underdogs, but don't count them out. You know, it's absurd, really, that we would even have to waste our time comparing ourselves with that crime-ridden rat hole. Absolutely. Yeah, if you put a gun on it, I, guess I would agree with you. I have no strong feel on the total. I wanted to fade the Bears here, uh, but I just make the line like 8.8, around 9. <clears throat> and then you do have that uncertainty with Thomas and Kamara. Uh, but I do think the Saints are a safe money line parlay piece. If you really like something like the Ravens, um, I personally money line probably the Ravens and the Saints just to get the Ravens down. The Bears, look, Mitch Trubisky plays well against the worst defenses in the NFL. It's what he does. But against good defenses, he is still horrible. Even against a, an average defense in Green Bay, I mean, he, he, what did he have? Two balls he threw. I tweeted out the spray, the throw chart. Two balls downfield. Like, all he's been doing is check, uh, just check down Charlie. Ba- Bears on the road. They played three playoff teams on the road this year. They were 0-3 against the spread. They lost by an average of 12.7 points per game. But that's very misleading. They had a bunch of garbage time touchdowns. Average deficit in those games, over 24 points. So, uh, yeah, the Bears have some injuries on defense. Uh, the Saints right now, I have the Saints power rated as the second best team in the NFL, assuming full health. I have the Chiefs one, the Saints two, and then not far behind at all is the Ravens, Bills, Packers. I have the Saints right now currently power rated better than the Packers on a neutral field, and I actually don't think that they'll mind going up to Lambeau. I talked about this before if they get there. So I, my true odds of their super of their, of the Saints winning the Super Bowl is like plus 500. You can get them plus 750. So uh, I think that's worth a bet on the Saints uh, to win the Super Bowl. I think they win. I think it's a good money line parlay, parlay piece. No value on the uh, side, but you make some good points on the total. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's one you all can sing with us. When the Saints go marching in. For my fourth pick of the wild card weekend six pack, I am going with the Washington football team plus eight at BetMGM. By the way, we've only had two, in NFL history the two teams that have been home dogs of seven or more points, both won outright. Uh, Tim Tebow even won outright in this situation. Uh, against the Steelers, if you recall, with the Broncos. But, uh, look, I make this line uh, under, a, under a touchdown, 5'8", five, 5'7", five, around there. So, obviously, getting over a touchdown here is very intriguing, and there's some things I do like about it. Now, the Washington offense is horrific. It's one of the worst offenses in the history of the NFL to make the playoffs. One of the worst offenses in the league this year. Um, and I think that they're going to really struggle to score points. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, I like the first half under and the game under as well. But I think that, you know, it, it, are Gibson and McLaurin healthier? Alex Smith and Heineke, they're going to maybe rotate time at quarterback. So that's something to keep an eye on, too. This is going to be awful. But, and look, I mean, I think Washington has to really just run the ball to stay in this game. They're not going to get a lot downfield. I know Carlton Davis has been banged up for Tampa, but they still have Dean out there to match up with McLaurin. So the Bucks, like they always do, will stack the box. They'll take away the run, and I don't see – you know, and they've been a little 
vulnerable against deep passing over the last six or seven weeks. But I don't think that's a big – you don't have to really worry about Washington's passing attack here. So Washington is going to struggle to score. But not only is it after Brady's bedtime, uh, <laughs> it is a primetime game. But Brady this year has been really good. If you look at the advanced metrics, his arm is still there. But almost all of Tampa's offense is like downfield passing. And he's throwing it downfield as much as any quarterback in the NFL. I already mentioned Washington doesn't give up deep passes. Their, their corners are playing really well. I mean, Fuller is playing outstanding. You know, Moreland has really come on in the slot. The, their secondary obviously benefits from the pressure that their defensive line gets. They might have one of, if not the best defensive lines in the NFL. And Brady, he, just, he hasn't really had a short passing attack this year. And, and the running game has been mad. So I think it's going to be tough sledding for the Bucks here as well. Brady versus top 10 defenses this year, 0-4. Brady versus top 10 defenses in pressure rate, Washington's number two. Two and two, seven touchdowns, five picks, 6.7 yards per attempt. Against all other teams, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, eight yards per attempt. That's just a glaring difference. It's, it's the story of – Brady's career, if you can get pressure on him, especially in this offense, right? Like this is this it before Brady could just check down, check down. He could throw to his back here, throw to this back here. Doesn't really have that luxury here. So if you can get pressure and take away the time that he has and, and really hit him and take away the time that he has to get downfield. By the way, Mike Evans might not play as well. Um, it's really going to disrupt the Tampa offense. So. I think this line is too high. I think it's going to be really low scoring, which gives me even more value, makes points even more at a premium. Um, so I'll gladly take the eight here. You hope that it doesn't get away. Washington doesn't turn it over and they get a big deficit because that'll really make things tough. Uh, but I'll go with Washington. Here's my second pick. Also like the under and first half under. Yeah, I I actually like the under a little bit more. Um, I co- contemplated taking them as as my total this week. Um, I do make the line around eight. I, I'm I'm worried about Washington's offense. Uh, you know, if they kind of get into a situation where they get behind, it's it is going to be tough against Tampa. Um, I think Tampa. It, it, it is worrisome though with Tampa because you you, do, you have seen as you mentioned. Like, they've just blown out some really bad teams, kind of like Chicago has. And, you know, they put up some huge point totals. And then, yeah, they, they have struggled against good defenses. Washington is number two in DVOA against a short pass. You know, as you mentioned, that, that could hurt Tampa Bay because um, it kind of creates variance. Um, they are 17th in, in deep ball DVOA. That's over 15 yards um, in terms of DVOA. So there, are, there will be opportunities. I think Evans, if Evans is less than 100%, that, that definitely hurts. So this is – it's a tough one for me to cap right now. Um, I'll probably adjust the number later in the week, but in line with the market uh, as of now. But um, yeah, He didn't practice today, and he, he's – you know, in the red zone, he is just – him and Brady have a lot of chemistry, so that could lead to a couple field goals here and there. And, look, that injury looked bad. There was no ligament damage, but this is a short week. So I think it's going to be tougher to be out there and be 100%. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And that would be worth about a half a point to a point, I think, just given the, you know, the makeup of the Washington defense. So, yeah, it's a tough game for me to cap. I, I can't argue with taking a, a, a big dog at home in the postseason. Um, I may end up just parlaying Tampa Bay money line. I, I do think they win this game. But, uh, 
yeah, tough, tough one for me to cap at the moment. One last note is underdogs a seven plus in, in, in the NFL playoffs since 03 per Action Labs database, 37, 28, 57% against the spread, covering by about two points per game. The NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. I will go with the fifth overall pick of the wild card six pack with the Buffalo Bills. I like Buffalo. I, I'm really high on Buffalo in this spot. Uh, I think you're a little higher on Indianapolis, so I'm interested to hear your take on this. But I have Buffalo as a seven-point favorite in this game. And we should mention that there aren't a lot of major edges, I think, in terms of you know line value in the postseason, at least not as many as you usually get in the regular season uh, with a wider slate of games. I just, I just think the market's a little more efficient. But I do have this at seven. Uh, so taking Buffalo here at six and a half. And this is, another co- this is another team where I look at the two teams and how they're playing down the stretch. And Buffalo closes out the year. Their last, the last 10 weeks, the only game they lose is that Hail Mary game to Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury. So, you know, earlier in the year, my criticism of Buffalo was, hey, you know, they're playing great, but it was coming against a shaky schedule. And that's true of a lot of teams, you know, that made the postseason. That's one of the things that helps you make the postseason or finish with a great record. But you look at Indianapolis and their strength to schedule it in terms of a simple rating system, which is just a way to schedule just point differential. And there's a number of different ways to look at this, but their strength to schedule is actually minus 2.8, which means they played a strength to schedule two and a half, 2.8 points better than the league average team. Buffalo's was just 0.2, negative 0.2. So um, Indianapolis actually has been teeing off against some, some easy competition as well. And I think you know, looking at what they've done well, and they've really run the ball well with Jonathan Taylor down the stretch, um, but that came against Jacksonville. And, and so that, but that came against mostly against Jacksonville, Houston, the Raiders, uh, a second game against Houston, uh, and then the Green Bay Packers and the, the Titans before that. They close the year pretty much playing all of the league's worst run defense uh, outside of the game against Pittsburgh, which, of course, they get up big and end up blowing the lead, perhaps because they didn't run with as much efficiency late in that game, even though Taylor did have two touchdowns. Um, you know, they, he finished with uh, 74 yards and 18 carries. I think this is a concern for Indianapolis because I do think that Buffalo can get them into a, uh, you know, kind of force them into a shootout. 
And I worry about Phillip Rivers in that spot. Remember, he still does have that, that toe injury. Uh, you know, he's going to get the ball out quick. But this Buffalo defense has been greatly improved. And so I just see Buffalo as the better team in every facet at this point. Now, you look at their defense, and most people would point to Indianapolis and say, okay, Indy has the better defense. But if you look at the second half of the season, and a lot of this is to do with Buffalo getting, getting healthier, uh, Matt Milano returning was huge for them. But Buffalo, from weeks 10 to 17, in DVOA, number six against the pass, number 11 against the run. And run defense was an issue for them. Um, but AJ, you know, they, they've kind of done some things with their linebackers. Um, Scheme-wise, I think you hit on a little earlier this year. So they're sixth against the pass, 11th against the run in the second half of the year. Indianapolis, 16th against the pass and 18th against the run. So Indianapolis call, calling card really being on defense worries me against, you know, going against Buffalo, who obviously – is can, can put up points when Indianapolis is playing average defense over the second half of the year. A cornerback, Rockison is not practicing, um, so that could be an issue. But then on the other side of the ball, Indianapolis without Anthony Costanzo, who had season-ending surgery uh, at left tackle. Uh, Raven Clark, another tackle, also went on IR. So Indianapolis, I just think not quite at full strength, not playing as well. Um, that game against Jacksonville was a, was more of a struggle than I thought it should be. The the collapse against the Steelers worried me, and then Buffalo just I mean they've been unstoppable pretty much for the last ten games of the year. They go on the year they're eleven and five against the spread. The Colts are eight and eight. So Buffalo you know has continuously kind of outperformed expectations all season. They're the better team on offense and they're the better team on defense down the stretch. Uh, and I just don't think Indianapolis can stay with them, being that Indianapolis is best facet here is the run game and I shouldn't say Buffalo's better than in every facet because Indianapolis's run game is better uh, on offense than Buffalo's but I just think that's the least impactful facet in this spot with Josh Allen playing well and Indy not playing uh, quite as well on defense so uh, I make this line seven it's six and a half not a major edge but uh, going there for my final pick come on what you gonna do who you gonna be what you gonna do who you gonna be who you gonna be yeah I just, I just can't get there I play I make this line like four-ish but maybe I can't get I can't catch up to the Bills, and they're just – I mean, I have them in my top five now, like within a field goal and a neutral field of of the Chiefs. I don't know how much higher I can go on them, but they, maybe they can just – they keep covering. That's all they've done over the second half of the season. But I also – I actually – so I played some seven. And I, you know, I make it around four, and I got seven minus 110, so I took some seven. I Because I'm afraid of how good this Bills team might just be and their ceiling, which is – winning the Super Bowl, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable under seven. But I also – everyone is talking about this over. I actually really like this under as well. By the way, Colts were favored in every game this year. Maybe against the Browns, I think they closed as a, a one-point dog. They faced the easiest schedule of opposing defenses in the league. So they had a really easy schedule. And, you know, based on the defenses they faced and just overall. But looking at this game – Rivers, by the way, he's 4-0 in the wild card round, but he's 1-5, including 0-3 in the playoffs in cold-weather games. You know, he's older, his arm doesn't really have as much anymore, and this is going to be under 40 degrees, uh, which is what that stat refers to. Not the, the biggest sample size, but thought I'd throw it out there. And, yeah, you mentioned Costanzo's out, his backup's out, their tackle situation's a mess. 33-year-old Jared Veld here is going to start at left tackle, I believe. He's coaching high school this fall. He did play last week, but that was against the Jags. That could be a big liability. They're also going to have to keep probably keep 
their tight ends in a lot more and help with pass blocking. Their tight ends are really good pass blockers. Their running backs aren't, but their tight ends are. But I think that the Colts are going to go really run heavy. That is still how you can attack this Bills defense. Bills defense has been a lot better. Basically, after the bye, they made some scheme changes. They got healthier, and it's all come together. Defense has been really good after the bye. But that's still how you can attack this team because you're going to have Trey White on T.Y. Hilton, and then the rest of your pass catching options are a little underwhelming. And when the Colts played good defenses this year, and they didn't play many, they, you know, I think the, the Bills are eighth weighted DVOA. Um, but the Colts only faced three top 15 defenses all year, the Ravens, Steelers, and Bears. They averaged 5.0 yards per play. Only the Jets averaged fewer on the season. So they didn't, they didn't really do much against all three of those defenses. So I think they're going to go slower. They're going to try and control the ball here. On the other side, and, but I think the Bills' defense will come to play. On the other side of the ball, it'll be interesting. Rocky Sim, by the way, I hope he doesn't play. He's, he's garbage. <laughs> uh, TJ Carey, I, I have better. So I hope that TJ Carey plays for my under. So Rhodes versus Diggs, I, I don't know if they're going to play, you know, if they're going to have Rhodes follow Diggs or if they're going to have – Beasley looks like he's going to be out, which I think is important based on how the Colts play defense, and I'll get to that in a second. But it'll be interesting to see if they double digs. And Willis is going to – looks like he'll play. And the Colts' defense has been underperformed the second half of the year, but they have dealt with some injuries. Uh, this is probably as healthy as they're going to be in a while. Run defense is still really good. Defensive line against the run, really good. Bills aren't going to get much on the ground. So it comes down to Josh Allen played as well, playing as well as any quarterback in the league against this Matt Eberflus defense. And the Colts play zone about as much as any team in the NFL – and if you look in, if you dig a little deeper this year, Colts, I think, run the second most zone in the NFL this year. A lot of cover three, cover six. Okay, so Allen still struggles against zone defenses. And against cover zero, cover one, cover two, man underneath, he had 25 touchdowns, two interceptions on target percentage of 77%, trailing only Bridgewater and, and Cousins. NFL passer rating of 126 when facing cover zero, cover one, cover two, ahead of Rodgers and Mahomes. Uh, and the Colts really don't play those coverages a lot. However, they've been a lot better when they have, uh, which is really interesting, but I'll get to that in a sec. Now, against zone defenses, cover two, regular cover two, cover three, cover four, cover six, Tampa two, et cetera. He's he has 11 touchdowns and eight interceptions. He's just not as good against zone defense. You can't really play man against this Bills offense because you're not – I mean, they're just going to take shots. This is a team that just wants to come out and throw the ball. You're not going to be able to cover digs, and John Brown is back healthy. And then you also have to worry about Allen's legs when you're playing man defense. Um, and he'll burn you there. So the way to play this Bills offense is to run zone defense, and that's what the Colts – specialize in. I'll be curious to see. I think they're going to go a ton of cover three uh, because when they play out, they, basically the Colts have been, it's interesting, when they've been in like cover two, cover six, they haven't been that great this year. But when they've been in cover three and cover one, they've been one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. A quarterback rating of just like QBR of just 84. You, but you can't really play cover one against this Bills offense. So I think they're going to go a ton of cover three, and they've done it well all year. 
And I think that that's going to cause Allen some problems and slow down this Bills offense just a bit. So I think it's a good matchup for the Colts defense if they play it how I think they're going to play it. On the other side, I think that the Colts offense is a little overrated. They played such an easy schedule. And against any defense of the Pulse they played, they didn't do much. I think the Bills defense can play here. So seven is just too high for me. High backdoor risk, too, as well. If they're, if it's this game's a 10, 13-point game, Rivers can go down. The king of that gets you a touchdown. Um, but I actually think like this under, especially if you get 51, which is a key number. Yeah, I think that's a good point on the under, um, you know, for all the reasons you mentioned. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident in the Bills. I would say to everyone out there, you know, uh, you know, this is the postseason. You know, they're West games. If you don't bet a lot of money line, but you feel good about a team, I mean, these, this, the market is generally efficient. So um, if you do feel like, hey, I think the Bills are going to win, but maybe I don't know about this, the number. Um, same thing for the Steelers or any of the teams we really are talking about that are, are favorites. Um, just it might be the time to to play some money line. You could part away a couple teams, and that'll get you down to to, to better odds. So um, I do agree with that. But I, I just think you know this team is so well coached um, for Buffalo, and usually Indianapolis has a coaching advantage. Now overall, Frank Reich, I'm surprised to see that his against the spread record is only uh, 24, 23, and three all time. Um, he does cover by an average of one one point five points per game according to our Action Labs data. But but Sean McDermott, it's a testament to how well coached the Bills are. Uh, he's thirty seven. 26 and three in his career against the spread 58.7 percent and with Josh Allen as the quarterback he is 26 16 and two against the spread regular and postseason covering by an average of 4.2 points per game so 62 percent against the spread with Allen covering by 4.2 I just think this Buffalo team is going to come out with better game plan I think they have the edges and three of the four main facets. So, yep, still taking Buffalo on the spread, but uh, agree that the under is also worth a look. Outdoor unders in the uh, wild card round are 38 and 14, 73% since 2003, according to our Action Labs data. So um, don't hate that at all. But if, uh, if, you don't, if you don't have confidence in the Bills spread, I think it's also worth looking at their money line or parlaying it. Bills make me wanna shout. kick your heels up and shout. throw your hands up and shout. throw your head back and shout. Yeah, historically this is an under round, um, and I will have a lot of unders this week. I think there's a lot of advantages for the defenses in a lot of these matchups. Speaking of which, let's move on to the final, my final and the sixth overall pick of the wild card weekend six pack, and I'm going with an under. Baltimore Ravens, Tennessee Titans under 54 and a half. Try to get 55, obviously a key number. This is another game everyone's like, oh, it's going to go over. Everyone, it's it's going to be the point. Maybe it is. It's the points matchup, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I actually see some value in the under. These two teams got to 54 in overtime earlier this year. And it's funny. People are saying, oh, this Titans offense, this t- the Titans own the Ravens. They've won twice in the last year. Last year, the Titans were absolutely dominated. Let's get it straight. The Ravens ran 40 more plays than the Titans in that playoff loss and averaged more yards per play. They outgained them 530 to 300. They just had all of their fourth, all of the fourth down variants, all of the turnovers, tip balls, everything, you name it. And then earlier this year, they completely shut down this this Tennessee offense through three quarters and then Tennessee had a comeback in the fourth quarter and then they got the ball and went down and scored. And 
you know, Derrick Henry only had like 50 yards through three quarters in that game, and the Ravens were playing without Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams. Both are back. Ravens defense as healthy as it's been all year. And when Brandon Williams is in there, when Campbell's in there, their run defense is on another level. They didn't have him in that Tennessee game. They didn't have him in that New England game when you saw Baltimore getting run on. Run defense has been really strong when those two have been in all year long. So I look at this, you know, this Titans offense, and I think that the Ravens match up well. Now, this is why they went out and got Wolf. They went out and got Campbell to address the run defense issues that they had last year. Now, they've had to deal with a lot of injuries and COVID issues, so you haven't seen that full-strength unit. But when you have, the run defense has been more than fine. Uh, I think that they'll play up here, and I don't think Henry is going to go off. I, I really don't. Now, he might break a run or two. It's Derrick Henry's. But I think the Ravens' run defense is going to come to play. They can match up on the outside with these Tennessee receivers, and they can get pressure on Ryan Tannehill. And when you can get pressure on Ryan Tannehill, he is not anywhere close to as productive as he is with a clean pocket, generally with off-play action when everyone's worried about Henry. But I think Ravens' run defense comes to play. They're going to put Tennessee in pure passing situations. I also think the Ravens are going to get a lead and make Tennessee have to throw up. They're going to just bring the pressure, and that's where Tannehill just hasn't been great. Ryan Tannehill. And last year, he tanned for 80 total yards in that win at Baltimore. Uh, Titans' offensive line is also a mess. And just look at the schedule of, of defenses. I know the Titans' offense, by every advanced metric, has been awesome. But, I mean, they're, I think they face the second or third easiest schedule. It helps of, of opposing defense. helps being in that division. I mentioned that with the Colts. But, I mean – they face the Jags, the Vikings, the, the Texans, the Bengals. I mean, just this absolutely awful defenses. Jags, Lions, Texans, so many bad defenses throughout the year. So I just think that this Baltimore defense matches up well. The Titans defense has been a disaster. It is There's nothing nice I can say about the Titans defense. But their run defense is a little bit better. They have seen this Lamar Jackson and the Ravens rushing attack twice in the past year. The Ravens have been dominating teams over the past five weeks, 5-0 and against the spread. They have the most rushing yards in a five-game, any five-game stretch in NFL history over that time, but they played a bunch of bad teams. They still, their young offensive line is coming together. They're unleashing Dobbins. Lamar Jackson kind of has his mojo back, but they still are playing a lot of bad defenses and bad run defenses. I, I don't think that they're just going to be able to throw it all over the field. Um, the Titans defense is really bad, but I think that they can play a little bit better than people expect them to here. And I, But ultimately, I think the Ravens win this game. I'm very confident. I only make the line like around three, so I can't lay it. I played, I played some Ravens money line with the Saints. Um, if they go down, I will play them live. I also think that one of the – Key factors here is third down defense. Ravens third down defense, number two in the NFL, allowing teams to convert on only 34% of third down conversion attempts. Titans, dead last. 51%, that's worse than NFL history. So I think the Ravens will be able to sustain drives, and they're a snail. They're slow. They're probably going to go for it on fourth downs. Um, They're going to keep the clock running. I think their defense plays up. And don't forget about special teams. The Ravens have an enormous advantage on special teams here. Probably the best special teams unit in the NFL. Titans are arguably one of the worst in the NFL this year. That could ultimately end up making the difference. But I think 55 is too high. I still think 54.5 is still 
too high, but try to get that 55 key number. And uh, if you can get a, I like the Ravens in a money line play. If you can get them live at a pick or underdog like that as well. I think the Ravens are moving on. I hope that we do get Ravens Chiefs because I would love to break that down and see what are the, are the Ravens going to change. I, I don't want to – what is Mahomes that offense going to do to this Titans defense? I really don't feel like capping that. I, I really don't. I just don't – that game doesn't – now I'm a Ravens fan. I'm biased. I have tons of futures. But uh, I think Ravens win. Game stays under. Ravens defense comes to play. I'll take any motherfucker's money if he's giving it away. I mean, you did have, as you mentioned, you had a 30-24 game. That's 54 in overtime this year. 28-12 last season. And I do think, you know, in terms of this, this is a hard game to cap because you do see teams with the, you know, that do win that regular season game in a non-division matchup. They go on to win the rematch 58.7% of the time since 03. Um, but again, the Ravens were banged up in that game. You mentioned it. They were without some key pieces on defense. So it is a tough game to cap. The, the real Titans advantage in the postseason last year to me their game plan. I mean, I, I think that, you know, the Ravens outgaining them was somewhat misleading because the Titans kind of stymied Lamar Jackson in a way that no other team did. Um, they forced him to throw places he wasn't comfortable. They kept him in the pocket early and they kept him uncomfortable in the pocket late in the game. Yeah. He was running all over the place. They were throwing, but they had 63 dropbacks uh, and averaged five and a half yards per dropback, uh, 59 pass attempts and they averaged 6.2 yards per attempt. So um, it was a struggle for them, even in garbage time. I mean, it was, it was, you know, it wasn't easy. So, but is that, you know, was that Dean Pease? And, and this past defense is, is a lot worse. Dean Pease is gone. This past defense is even worse. Um, so it, it could all just come apart for the Titans. They've been high variance. I mean, they've played some, they, they just blew one against Cincinnati. They weighed the egg against Green Bay. Did they really care? Cause they knew they could win next week to win a division. Who knows? But this is, is a tough game to cap because I think it could go either way. But you do have working in your favor for the under. Both of these matchups over the past uh, 12 months didn't get to 55 points. And the, the total right now, 54 and a half. Yeah, I mean, and the Titans offense too. Look, it's really good. They do a lot of things well. But they're going to come out and they're going to run the ball no matter what. Um, and I think the Ravens are going to be re- ready. And that's they try to set up their play action and everything off of that. But some of the numbers, look, the Titans played the Ravens when the Ravens that were missing – some of their best defenders. They put up like 40 points on the Browns when they were down by four. They were down 38-3 to the Browns at the half. So they've caught some teams in some beneficial spots. And they played the Bills when they put up 40, when the Bills' defense was a shell of itself. This is before the Bills have figured out anything on defense. So, look, we can adjust for opponent. But then when I go back and look at some of the breaks that they've gotten on defenses that they face and then – points that they put up against the Browns and you know basically just Browns playing a prevent defense for a half I think some of the Titans offensive numbers are a little inflated uh, I think the Ravens get pressure on Panel. they're going to come to play against Henry I think Ravens win and the game stays under it's Baltimore gentlemen the gods will not save you all right so to recap we have our six-pack spreads and totals for each game stuck is going with the Rams Seahawks under 42 and a half Washington plus eight at home against Tampa Bay and the Ravens Titans under 54 and a half. I am going with the Steelers minus six, the Saints bears under 47 and a half and the Buffalo bills as six and a half point favorites at home against the Indianapolis Colts. And, uh, 
we should do our coaches pep talk. I think this is a good one to dedicate to, to Washington because you know, you you have Washington plus eight, they have to come to play here. Alex Smith, you know, has to be better. We need Alex Smith to step up here. The leaders on that Washington defense to make a play. Maybe Alex Smith and or my man Heineke to get in the back door late, which could be a factor here. Uh, so Coach's pep talk goes out to the leaders of the Washington defense and whoever is under center on the Washington offense. So this week's Coach's Pep Talk comes to us from a 2017 rant delivered by U.S. soccer legend Alexi Lalas, and we're dedicating it to the Washington football team. It's dark days indeed, but this is a time for leaders to step up. And so to the supposed leaders, I will say this. Clean it up or let's get someone who will. The U.S. needs you to play better. Is this really as good as it gets? Because it's still not good enough. This is now all on you. Make us believe again. All right, so there's our coach's pep talk for the Wild Card Weekend. And speaking of Wild Card Weekend, BetMGM has a great sign-up offer for this weekend's Wild Card Slate. New customers bet $1 to win 100 in free bets. If any team scores a touchdown, just sign up and make your first bet using bonus code ACTION100. Download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up. and Use the code ACTION100 to bet $1 and win 100 in free bets. If any team scores a touchdown this weekend, as a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada or Pennsylvania. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. You can follow all the picks for the six pack on the action network app just search for sunday six pack we will be back next thursday to preview the divisional round and what should be uh, an equally dope slate of games and you can follow stucky on twitter at stucky too and by that same handle in the action network app to see his picks and you can follow me on twitter and in the app at chris raybon all right good luck this week and let's get this money Great. We're finished talking.